can see the demon in you doesn't want to come out and play. I can see the demon in you doesn't want to come out and play. Everybody say, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. What's going down? Welcome back to the Fuck This Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Dre, back again. As always, we start the podcast off the same way. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to this motherfucker. We would not be here without you. Um, The social media engagements, the comments, the reviews, all of that shit is greatly appreciated. Um, And it makes it easier to do episodes like this one where we got to talk about some old, sad, tragic ass shit. Um, if you follow the Twitter, you know what I'm saying? Which you should be. You should be following all the social media platforms. Facebook, FTS Podcast. YouTube, FTS Podcast. Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, at Fuck This Shit Pod. If you follow on the Twitter, then you know that I was recording the episode for the Uvalde shooting and all of that shit on Friday. And I'm 47 minutes into the motherfucking episode. I'm recording before work. I had a hectic-ass week this week. One of those Dre doesn't have an off-date type weeks. 47 minutes in, power completely cuts out. I'm like, what the fuck? So, I had to basically scrap that whole fucking episode. And... I was busy. That's why I was doing it when I did it, to be honest, because I knew I wouldn't have the time to do it later. So I was frustrated because it fucked my timeline all up, really. Um, But it is what it is. Um, That shit happens. And in ways, I'm kind of glad that it played like that because this whole situation has been so fucking weird from top to bottom. Like from the moment I got the first notification about the shooting to right now it has been so crazy and the information has been so trash and i just think there's a lot of different angles to look at this um y'all know that i'm not really ecstatic about talking about it you know i don't actually like to talk about i'm not big on tragedy uh And it's even more frustrating because this is right on the heels of that Buffalo shooting. And since then, it's been a couple other little things. I got an article that I really need to look more into that it was like an attempted mass shooting somewhere in Oklahoma. Um, But I'll do that on the next full episode where we do, you know, all the the current events and the segments and all that. Because I'm going to really double back and give y'all another episode here real quick. Uh, either tomorrow when I get off or something. I don't know. I'm going to get y'all. I'm going to get y'all back real quick. We're going to get caught up because I got shit that's backlogged because of this shit. Anyway. Um, but so this is right on the heels of that Buffalo shooting. Right. And it's been some shooting since already. And it's really kind of reinforcing one of the things that I want to talk about at some point in this episode, which is that. These things 
are starting to become more prevalent. And I think I may have said something about this in the uh, the episode when I kind of touched on the Buffalo shooting. But I feel like these things are becoming more prevalent because these aren't like lone wolves. You know what I'm saying? These aren't, I feel like the a lot of the media still wants to kind of portray it like, oh, this is, uh, these are these are kids or, or or men or boys or whatever who for some reason or another uh you know don't feel a part of you know they don't have that that group that in group you know like they're the they're the kids who didn't have have nobody to sit with at the lunch table that's what they wanted to play this out like and maybe to a degree it starts off that way but by the time they get to here they sitting at a lunch table now they in these like far right extremist ass groups and fucking message boards and social media platforms that allow different kinds of shit. Like, you know, we be on Facebook and shit, so we don't even realize how deep the shit get. You know what I'm saying? Like you think that this motherfucker saying some wild shit on Facebook, bruh, that's nothing. You talking about scratching the fucking surface of how bad, this shit is in some places and how uh, wild they talk. You know what I'm saying? And the things that they do, the shit that they share, the ideologies that they fucking portray, like they, I was, I was putting it to somebody like this today for 99.5% of people, Dylan Roof is the devil. But for that 0.5%, he's God. And and they have a whole a whole community now where they all get together and talk about all the shit that they would do and when something happens talking about this is what they deserve and they do they meme it just like we meme Wendy Williams passing out one awesome uh, You know what I'm saying? Like they they meme that shit. They meme and gift the fucking the live stream of the Christchurch shootings in New Zealand, they gift that shit. And that's how the Buffalo shooter got his entry into like this ideology. He saw the gift and didn't know what it was. Did some digging, found out what the gift was really about. And then ends up like going down this rabbit hole of, oh, why did he shoot these churches up? Like, oh, it's because it is. And then he gets put on a replacement theory. And now he's on all of this other bullshit. And the next thing you know, he's strapping up to go shoot up the supermarket because he's only the villain in our story. And on those same message boards, the day she shot up that church, motherfuckers was probably like, I knew him. Probably screenshotting their messages with him. Like, look, he talked to me. He told me he was going to do this or he did whatever, whatever. He's like, famous forever now and even in prison you think oh you know motherfuckers like that you know they don't get to prison and blah 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 blah. motherfucker you ever seen a show about prison you ever watched uh 60 days in have you ever seen oz you know what I'm saying? have you ever seen any documentary about jail the white niggas in jail are white nationalists the white niggas in jail are aryans and nazis and shit they have no issue with dylan roof have no beef with a nigga who went into a church and shot up some niggas. Have no beef with a nigga who walked into a top supermarket and shot up some niggas. So it's like they have these these safe havens and these places where they can go and, you know, whatever. For this motherfucker now, the dude who shot up the elementary school, 
there's no way that he's not in like those spaces getting like radicalized towards like all that gun fetishization and all of the shit like that or whatever. And then, you know, aside from, from that point, which is, which has basically been made. That's basically my whole point, which is that, well, I guess, I guess that point should be pushed on forward into saying this. I don't know how much trying to attack this from the point of the gun is going to completely solve the problem. I'm not saying that it won't solve the problem at all. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be done, like any of that stuff. Like I don't think you should be able to buy an AR-15. I think it's pointless. I've, I've, I've been on record saying that for a very long time. That's not new. That's not an opinion I just formulated. It's literally no reason for you to need AR-15. It's a weapon of war. Like it's, it's, you don't, you don't need to hunt with it. You don't need, there's no reason to have it. And even in like the world where you're like, oh, well you need something that could protect you against a certain level of threat. Like, oh, okay. But like the second amendment is like on some, you know, so that your government can't rise up against you, but you know, we're past that. It doesn't matter how many AR-15s you and your hillbilly-ass family have. Like, if the government decides they want what you have, they'll just fucking take it from you. And they won't even show up with a gun. They'll just send somebody with a piece of paper and say you don't live here anymore. So, I mean, it's just like that whole notion of the Second Amendment and all this other shit is stupid to me anyway. When it comes to being able to own this kind of thing. And, and the wild thing about it is, to me, by and large, the Second Amendment crowd is really a bunch of white men who think that if they don't have guns black and brown people will come take their shit but what ends up it ends up being now i feel like the only people who really need the guns is damn near black and brown people because these motherfuckers is preying on us like the crimes that get committed by and large by minorities or even by impoverished people as a whole because you can really include you know what i'm saying you know what I'm saying? The poor whites into this bucket are like primes of proximity. They're not seeking out like these. It's always like that. It's always somebody who, you know, or a community you're familiar with or a block that you live on or some shit like that. Like motherfuckers don't really go outside of where they have to go find other people to go do violence to them or to commit crime against them. Like it doesn't really work like that unless the only outlier to that I will say is motherfuckers robbing nice houses. Like people going to like houses in like real nice areas and and burglarizing them homes. That's like the only real outlier I'm going to give you on that. Beyond that, it don't even be that. It's these crazy ass white boys who be in these chat rooms. That's like, we about to go find some niggas who minding their business and kill them. Because when you start talking about the top shooting or not the top shooting, the, the, uh, the Uvalde shooting, when the whole shit first goes down, I didn't even know. It didn't even make sense to me. I thought he wasn't even, I was like, when the first reports came out, motherfuckers were saying that he was running from the police for something else, which ended up being true because he shot his fucking grandma in the face because she wanted him to pay the phone bill. So he shot her in the face while he's text messaging somebody on Facebook talking about, yeah, I'm about to shoot my grandma. She's tripping on this phone bill. I just shot my grandma. I'm about to go shoot up this elementary school. He was living with his mom before. This is okay. So maybe this will bring me to my next point, because this is the other reason why it was difficult for me to start talking about this before. And even why in truth, I almost feel like I'm glad that first episode got scrapped because I really hadn't. 
it's so many points to be made about this. It's hard to like push through and make all the points. So my other point is this, is in this case in particular, the notion of we didn't see it coming or there were no red flags. My man's got kicked out of his mom's crib and he lived with his grandparents now because him and his mom kept getting into it, right? And I'm, I want to say that there's reports that like the police got called at some point in a situation like that on some like domestic shit between them. But it's been so much misinformation and other shit. And I haven't seen that come up again. That might not be true. But he did. And even the stepdad, I seen the interview with the stepdad. And he's like, yeah, I mean, he don't talk to nobody. He come in here all weird. Da, da, da. Like, it looked like he come from like a broken ass home. You know what I'm saying? With some weird shit going on there. So he get kicked out of his mama's house and go live with his grandma. Then he gets a job at Wendy's. And is telling the people at Wendy's, I'm just here to save up money to buy guns. If you were going to go live a productive life and you just were a gun enthusiast and you just liked weapons, you think you're going to get a job just to buy the guns? Like once you get the guns, like you just don't need money anymore. Like a nigga who don't need money anymore, don't plan on doing much more with his life. Ding, ding, ding. Goes and get whatever. So it's not, it's not strange that this nigga's like, oh, I'm only working to get these guns because, and then there was. Uh, I'm I'm almost 100% sure there was a report that he asked one of his aunts or somebody else like that to get him some guns or to get him a gun or whatever and they were just like shit no because they're like you're fucking crazy bro like we already like we know the vibes about you we would never why would anyone give you a gun and that's what I'm saying when motherfuckers is like oh there were no signs there were no signs there were hella signs his people even said it was hella signs. While they were saying there was no signs, they was talking about all the signs. So, I'm not hearing that fuck shit either. Um, and I feel like it'd be like that with all these motherfuckers. Like, you're not going to tell me that you're living in the same house with a motherfucker who will go shoot up at elementary school and you had no fucking clue. So, anyway. Shoots his grandma. Shoots his grandma in the face. Somebody calls the police then. He darts, he darts off, hops in the trunk and leaves. From what I understand, my nigga didn't have no license, didn't know how to drive or no shit, which probably explains why my nigga crashed the truck because he had do nothing ass nigga. But anyway, I just hate motherfuckers like that. I just hate motherfuckers who can't do anything. Like they don't know how to do anything and they don't try in life, but they just bitch and complain about how nothing works out. Like I just feel like he just gives me do nothing nigga vibes and I just... Do nothing child murderer vibes, I guess. I don't know, but fuck them. Anyway, so my nigga hop in the truck, dip off, crash the truck. Some niggas see him crash the truck, try and help my nigga out on some like, damn, are you okay? He pulls out the chopper, starts shooting at them. Then, unlike what was told to us in the beginning, because what we was told at first was, um, oh, he was approached by, um, a school resource officer who engaged them and da, 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 da. And then he shot down the door to get inside and all this other stuff, blah, 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 blah. And now we come to find out the real story is he saw the door open, walked in. So apparently he like kind of walks around the school, shoots into the school from outside of the school, from what, from the last Thing that I read, which you know, just with this shit, man, we'll see. Shoots into the school from outside of the school, 
and then goes around the door, sees the door propped open, and then goes inside. I'll stop there. At school resource officer, teacher who left the door open. This is one of the reasons why it is so difficult to get information behind shit like this, though. Because at the end of the day, what it end up being is when something this fucked up happens, multiple people fucked up. Almost every time something like this happens, you can bet not one, but multiple people make mistakes that led to us being in this situation. So. All the people who fucked up is trying to act like they didn't do what they did. The resource officer, the, the story was probably that the resource officer engaged them because the resource officer probably lied and said he was there because he was probably supposed to be there. It doesn't really make any sense that a town that only has 16,000 people has 16 school resource officers. If, I, if I'm remembering the number correctly, it's like 16 fucking officers that they have for that school district. I know it ain't no way in hell y'all got 16 schools. It should be an officer at every school at all times. Why was he not there? Because Uvalde is a small ass town where, where shit don't really happen nowhere. So the, so he probably be on some do what I want when I want on some getting paid money from the from the from the uh, from the school district's budget to not be doing what I'm supposed to be doing in the fucking first place. But whatever. So he's off dicking around. He's he's a, he's off watching porn in the back and uh, underneath the shade tree somewhere or whatever. And it's a teacher who's tired of coming and unlocking the door for these parents because these kids was getting their little awards today type shit. They talking about kids getting perfect attendance awards and shit like that today. It's supposed to be a good ass day for everybody. Today's supposed to be a fucking vibe. You tired of doing your job and coming back and forth and opening this door because you like, they got this stupid rule where we got to keep the doors locked, you know, because we live in America where motherfuckers might try and shoot some fucking kids up. So you have to do shit like that. But anyway, so they go prop the door open. What's wild to me is, in my mind, I'm thinking if the reports are right, that they heard gunshots from outside. As soon as you heard the gunshots from outside, you knew you left the door open. You got to go close the door. I'm just saying, I know that may seem like a lot to ask, but if you the nigga who opened the door, and you know that the door is unlocked, and you hear some niggas outside shooting, first of all, there's no way you didn't hear the 22 shots that he let off from that AR-15 at the two niggas who saw him crash the truck 10 minutes before he got to the school. You were so scary that your ass left that door open and hoped somebody else seen it. And you'll never be able to convince me that that's not the way that played out. And I would be shocked if that teacher was one of the teachers who died because that teacher probably had their classroom already locked up because they already knew that the school was not secure. But you know, is later on you hear that one of the teachers sent the email to the other teachers talking about it was a shooter in the school. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the teacher who left the door open who sent the email. How you got time to send emails? But whatever. Look, let me not. It ain't about casting blame and all that other shit. But it is about saying that because all these people make these mistakes, when we trying to put the story together, motherfuckers don't want to tell you what happened. They like they part of it. They they getting real cloudy about getting real vague. So. There's that. Um, then he gets into the school. And this is where the conversation has kind of 
stayed to me um, in a lot of ways. The conversation has stayed here uh, since we really started to find out, which was basically he gets inside the school. Shit. Basically, he gets inside the school, goes in the classroom. Uh, shoots up one classroom. That classroom is adjoining to a second classroom. He shoots up that classroom. Um, and he's in there for an hour, basically, with these kids. They dead teachers. Um, while the police is outside. Now, I'm going to tell you why I think, um, I'm going to tell you why I think that, uh, that this is so crazy. Not so crazy, but like what, what, what I thought of when I first heard that. Have you ever watched your food cook in a microwave? Like, you know, you hungry and shit, you go put your little frozen burrito, whatever, in the microwave. And for whatever reason, you don't have shit else to do. So you like, I'm going to just wait for it to get done. You know what I'm saying? Something basic. And you watching that three minutes pass. And that three minutes feels like 30 minutes. You like, bruh. And you know, and I'm going to prove to you how long that three minutes feels. Because when you pull your food out and then you touch the middle and it's not hot yet, you be like, fuck. What is going down? Them kids was in there watching their friends die. Watching their teachers die. Watching the nigga who murdered them walk around the classroom. Literally playing as they said, sad music. One of the one of the students said that after he murdered her teacher and her friends and walked into the other classroom where she then heard the screams of other children and more gunfire, he starts playing really sad music. And like the reporter's like, What do you mean really sad music? She was like, I mean, it just sounded like the kind of music like you're all gonna die. They sat in there with that for an hour trying to figure out how in the fuck they was going to survive it all. Some of them not surviving. There's no way you're going to tell me that all them kids would have died if they would have immediately ran in there, stacked up, and got that gummy. There's literally no way you could. You'll, you'll never be able to convince me of that. You could show me all them kids with, with bodies with no heads on them, and I would have told you one of them would have made it. Like, I'm just telling you. Like, I just... There's no way you're going to convince me that all 21 people who got who died in that classroom, that none of them bled out in that hour that could have that could have otherwise survived. No way. Um, yeah, it was a shit show. And that's the the third of the motherfuckers who fucked up, which was the police and. I actually got, uh, I was, you know, the first time I did this, I had articles for like every little thing of this or whatever. But in this time, I kind of like picked out a few for like some different points that I kind of wanted to make about them. Um, this first one, I'm actually literally reading because 
the second one, I go out of my way whenever I pick articles to try and pick sources that kind of cut like straight down the middle. I don't even try and read CNN articles for the most part. Like this is a CNN article, but when you, when I read it, you'll understand like it's, but that is as, as biased as I'll lean. And some of y'all don't consume news media in that way. Um, and that's not like a, a, a jab or nothing like that. But so you don't understand what I mean, but what I'm talking about, like there's places that are basically reporting the truth, but from a very, uh, loose journalistic perspective like like it's almost more like like written podcasting like it's 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 you'll see when i read the article what i mean it's very clearly by someone who has an emotional stake in what they're writing about that's what i'm trying to say and like they're not trying to dis- disguise that in the writing it's all put there on purpose it's supposed to connect more with the writer blah, or the reader blah, blah 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 whatever but because of that i don't like to read from those because this is that, you know what I'm saying? There's no, I don't, I don't need to read somebody else's heavily opinionated dialogue about something. That's almost cheating. You know what I'm saying? In a podcasting situation, but they, it was just really good. I read it and it just covered a lot of the points that I want to cover. So I'm definitely going to read that. But before I do, I'm going to read the, the vanilla version of the article, just so that we know that we're all rooted in fact here. And that this isn't, you know, just wild conjecture from some emotional-ass liberals, right? Um, This article, police failed to act quickly in Uvalde. Experts say their inaction allowed for the massacre to continue and led to catastrophic consequences. Obviously, right? Um, The decision by police to wait before confronting the gunman at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde was was a failure with catastrophic consequences, experts say. When it was all over, 19 students and two teachers were dead, while 18-year-old blah, blah, blah. Fuck that nigga. I was saying that nigga. See, that's another thing, too, why I'm glad that that other episode got deleted, because I kept saying that nigga's name. And I've been saying I'm going to stop saying these motherfuckers' names, because they they want to be famous. Like, they want their name to ring out. And now, nah, nigga, you don't get to make it to the Hall of Fame. Ain't nobody hanging up your little pussy-ass jersey in the rafters, nigga. You a bitch-ass nigga. You can rest in piss. Don't nobody care about you. Um... Anyway, while eight, 18-year-old fuck nigga um, was inside adjoining classrooms, a group of 19 law enforcement officers stood outside the classroom in the school for roughly 50 minutes as they waited for room keys and tactical equipment, as CNN has reported. Meanwhile, children inside the classroom repeatedly called 911 and pleaded for help. Um, Texas Department of Public Safety Colonel Stephen McCraw acknowledges errors in the police response in Tuesday's mass shootings, saying the on-scene commander, who is also the Uvalde School District Chief Police uh, police Chief, believed that it had transitioned from an active shooter to a barricaded subject. And side note, funny note on that too. If y'all have been following this the whole way along, know how long it took them to say who fucked up. They was like, oh, the commanding officer, the person in charge. Da-da-da-da. They did not want to say who the fuck it was. Like, no, air that nigga name out. That nigga was sitting outside with his arms folded while they was killing kids, bro. Like, fuck him. Anyway, uh, it was a wrong decision, period. There's no excuse for that. Uh, Thor Els, Eels, the national director of the National Tactical Officers Association, said the commander's determination was 100% flawed. A barricade calls for officers to slow down their response, analyze whether the subject is alone, and negotiate, he said. If you're in a classroom with innocent victims, I know that shots have been fired. I need to engage you. 
even if you stop firing, I'm going to make entry into the room so we can begin to administer life-saving aid to potential victims. My point earlier. Um, the delayed police response in Uvalde runs contrary to well-established, commonly taught active shooter protocol established after the Columbine school shooting of 1999. And if I am not mistaken, there was a report that came out that these motherfuckers just had this training like within the last few weeks. They just like went over active shooter training and, and with the with the police uh, ISD, the um, Uvalde uh, school police, whatever the fuck you want to call them. I don't, I don't know, whatever. Um, the school police just had this fucking training from what I'm from. But again. If I'm not, if I tell you from what I remember, if I caveat something, it's because it might not have been true. And in this particular instance, it might be a lot of that because so much information has come out that is not true. So bear with me on that. I'm going to try. I never, I just never want to come from a position of disinformation. That's just not my vibe. Um, anyway, uh, even under fire, officers are trained to go uh, to that threat because every second counts. Um, what we saw here was that delay cost children their lives, full stop. Um, as the Columbine shooting unfolded, Colorado police waited roughly an hour after gunfire erupted in the school for SWAT teams to arrive, during which two young men killed 13 people. Prior to Columbine, law enforcement was commonly trained in tactical principles called ICE, which stood for isolate, contain, and evacuate. Um, after engaging in ICE protocol, police would request a specialized unit from tactical SWAT teams that would respond and engage with subjects or suspects, according to ELS. So basically, they're saying that's the way we used to do shit. You know, back before we watched a bunch of kids get murdered in the school. We used to sit outside and try and wait on niggas to come with the right gear and who could talk to this nigga. But, you know, since we seen a bunch of kids get murdered that one time, we was like, don't ever, ever, ever do that again because more kids will die because of what you did. But this is what homeboy did anyway. Um, and I'm going to read one more line of this article and then I'm going to come out of this article because it's pretty much done everything I needed to do. Uh, the Columbine shooting forced law enforcement to reprioritize their focus in responding to active shooter situations after Columbine police began acting on behalf of those who are in harm's way rather than protecting themselves. Because I'm telling y'all, it is not the nature of the police to protect the community. It is the nature of the police to police the community and to protect themselves. So when they get thrust into a situation where now they have to protect the community, they do not know what the fuck to do. Niggas literally be there talking about this is not what I signed up for. Motherfuckers in that stack of 19 officers who's supposed to be running in there to save them kids who talking about I did not become a police officer to run up to no crazy man with no gun and save no kids. I came here to brutalize Negroes and that is all. You talking about, I'm going to have to save brown kids. I came here. I didn't. I came here to watch them grow up so I knew which ones to arrest later. I didn't come here to save lives. I'm not a doctor. I'm a, I'm, I'm a police. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fuck them, bro. That's, that's, that's what the mentality was. And it's wild. How many times do you think that on behalf of not putting themselves in a gunman's way, the police let more people die. And until it was kids shooting kids out of high school, 
did they change the rules? 1999 could not have been the first time that the police let a bunch of other motherfuckers die so they could be safe. There's literally no fucking way that that's the way that played out. Anyway. Um, this other article I want to read. Now, this is the one. This is the one. This is for us. Um, this is from The Intercept. And I don't want y'all to think when I say that, like, these are biased sites that they are, like, presenting non-factual information. Like I said, that's not what it is. It's genuinely just that they kind of, in a way, do what I do. So I'm not just going to come and just regurgitate their words. You know what I'm saying? And, and come, this ain't an album review. But in this case, bro, she just wrote a fire-ass fucking article that covered everything that we need to talk about. So here we are. Um, her name is Natasha Lenard, I think. It's either Leonard or Leonard. It's two ends in the middle of that bitch, you know. They'd be iffy with that. Um, Uvalde uh, police didn't move to save lives because that's not what police do. It, it, I seen the article and I had to read it because I knew I was like, oh yeah, this is <laughs> this is this is it. Um, the more details that emerge about how police responded to the massacre in an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, on Tuesday the clearer it is that the already well-funded, heavily armed, and amply trained law enforcement officers on the scene failed to save the lives of 19 children and their two teachers. Here's what we know so far based on the haunting videos of the scene outside Robb Elementary School and the statements from police officials themselves. Um, child murder and fuckboy murdered 21 people. Despite earlier misleading claims from law enforcement officials, it appears that no police officers engaged with the shooter before he entered the school. Instead of rushing to protect the children and staff when reports of the gunman approaching the school were made at 11.30 a.m., police instead waited outside and aggressively confronted parents who were begging them to enter. The parents were threatened with arrest. One cop brandished a taser as they attempted to access the school to save their kids themselves. See, that's what the police do. You know what I'm saying? The police don't do that whole put the cape on, go save the kids who are getting murdered thing. They were like, here's some unruly parents who aren't following the rules. We can police that. See, y'all are upset with the police, but you've got to give them a break. They saw all a bunch of kids getting slaughtered by a gunman with an AR-15 and thought, there's nothing we can do here. We feel so useless. And then they saw those parents not following the rules. And they thought, here's how we can be useful. We thought that we were out here for nothing, but now we have a chance to really show our stuff. So now they over here, you know, wrangling the fucking parents, threatening the parents, handcuffing parents, pulling tasers on parents who are obviously within their rights to be outraged because their children are being slaughtered in the school that they're looking at. Like they're still a nigga in there with AR-15. Their kids are still in that building. And they don't know what the fuck's going on. Okay, so another reason why I picked this article is because there was a lot of stuff I wanted to talk to y'all about. And I had seen it coming from so many different sources, so many angles. I wasn't sure how much of it was true. I'm going to take this article restating these things as them at least being reported. Because I had a conversation with somebody and she made an excellent point, which is that these are parents who just went through a tragedy, a traumatic event. And eyewitness reports are really inaccurate anyway. 
Um, and that's just a fact. Uh, eyewitness reports are like super inaccurate. It's the reason why it's kind of fucked up that they rely on them so heavily in a court situation because they're not reliable. Um, so some of this stuff may be a little conflated or whatever by like the the parents and like the witnesses on scene who like gave the accounts, but they are the accounts that were given. So there's my little disclaimer on that because these are some of the stories that when I started to see this kind of shit, I was like, wow. Um, um, one mother who was urging back to the article, one mother who was urging police to enter the building, uh, Angelie Rose Gomez, who you may have heard of her already was handcuffed when she was released she managed to run into the school because even when the police are trying to be police they can't even do that like your whole thing is to not let more people run in towards the gunman and she still managed to get past you and get inside the school um she managed to run into the school grab her kids and bring them out safely which is the alleged job of the police huh according to one texas department of safety lieutenant interviewed by local news some officers did run into the school, but only to grab their own fucking kids. Listen to me. I, I keep trying to tell y'all. I keep saying, I say it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Fuck these fucking police, bro. And I have such a, a big bias towards the policing system that sometimes I allow it to make me back off my original position. Because the girl who I was talking to who was making all them good points... She was also kind of saying, like, you know, we don't know why the police took so long. We don't know, da, 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 da. like, we got to wait until everything comes out, whatever, whatever. She's not a uh, apologize for the white man type of person, but she is a let all the facts come out before I make my decision kind of person. Me, I lead with that heart, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I lead with that gut. And then I'm going I'm to I'm take the facts in as I go, but I'm not afraid to say that I said something wrong or that I fucked up. So I'm from what, what I see off the rip. That's how we coming with it. And what I saw off the rip was a bunch of cops who didn't do what they were supposed to do. I didn't give a fuck why it took them an hour to get in there. You ain't gonna let no kids keep getting shot at for no fucking hour. And you there like that is, that is outrageous. Is it literally something you can't even fucking fathom? It doesn't even make any fucking sense. And then you go see that the police police even more because what the police also are, this is what the police are. They're a fucking gang, number one, that brutalizes communities. They're fucking liars. So much to the fact that there are literally states that don't even accept the testimony from some of their police department because the police won't fire a nigga for finding out that he constantly lies on the community, even though his job is to protect and serve the community. So that should be a fucking disqualifier, right? So much so that you know that myth that if you touch fentanyl, you can overdose on it and shit like that. Do you know that the police made that fucking myth up because officers was like, you know what I'm saying, doing the drugs and overdosing on them. And they was like, oh, no, he just touched it. It's that potent. And because the police are considered a credible source, that shit just worked its way into American culture. That is a thing. And it's not. The fuck do you hear me like? The police are crooked as shit. That's what else the police are. Fucking crooked as fuck. So when I hear that a police officer was not willing to go in for, to the gunman to save your kids, but ran in there, got his kids, and then went back out, am I surprised? Not really. Why would I be? What is surprising about that? If you were surprised 
then I need to know what it is you think about all of these, all these liberals. Because usually I would say, what do you think about the black and brown people who've been telling you about the police? But as a, as a, as it's been, pretty much everyone who considered themselves a liberal to some degree got the same understanding about the police. Maybe they don't understand the way we do. You know what I'm saying? As far as like marginalized communities in America, they don't understand quite on that level. But I think we're all on the same page that the police really ain't shit here. So where have you been that you surprised that a cop would go get his kid and leave your kid? You really don't, you didn't think a cop would do that? Wild. <laughs> it must be wild to have to figure out this guy. It must be wild to have America break your heart every week. And see, that's the thing. And I, and I know sometimes I can get off track or whatever, but that's the thing is, is it's frustrating about being black in America. It's like a unique experience being black in America. And this is one of the things that makes it so unique and so frustrating at the same time. White people look at our understanding of America and see it as hatred for America. You think because we know the police ain't shit that we hate the concept of policing in America. Like we don't want murderers and rapists to get caught. We just know what the police are. Like, yeah, we do know that there needs to be a public safety uh, arm of American uh, public uh, service, civil service, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? We know that because we have so many guns in America, they need to have guns. And we know that we will probably call those people the police, but we also know that the people who we do call the police here aren't that. Not most of the time. So, I mean, whatever. Um... Article goes on to say the Border Patrol SWAT team that eventually engaged with engaged with and killed the shooter 40 minutes to an hour after first shots were reported was not able to break down the door to the classroom where the killer was holed up with more children, which is wild to me because have y'all ever seen those videos where they're like breaking down homes in Compton with tanks with fucking door barricades on them so that they can go get these crack dealers? It's wild how when they incentivize in the right way, they can find a way. It's wild how you have them, you have the equipment and the material to do all of this stuff when you, when you, when you really are incentivized against that community in some way. But whatever. Um, the account is a staff member had to, a staff member had to unlock it with a key, so they had to have a janitor come unlock it. And, and the fact that they said had to come unlock it, my nigga, if I'm the janitor, come unlock it. Here, y'all better take these keys. It's this one. Y'all the police, I'm not coming in there. Why the police always want somebody else in harm's way? Like, oh man, come in here, it might be dangerous. But let me continue on. Um, According to the chilling firsthand account of a fourth grader in the room, cops told the children to yell if you need help. When one little girl did, the gunman immediately shot her. Like the ineptitude from every level from the police in this situation. So you sit there for an hour because you think that you don't need to go in there and save these kids. Then when you do go in, you yell into the room, if you need help, scream help. Y'all must have been the worst seekers on hide and seek ever. Y'all just walk in the room and be like, if you hiding, if you hiding in here, yell. If y'all in here hiding, nigga, the fuck? You like, 
bro, you like a motherfucker who come into the room while we play in hide and seek and then scream out, they in here hiding to the nigga who's seeking. That look like it's just wild to me how bad they fuck this up from top to fucking bottom. And I know you. it's like, that's why I say that this is a weird one because there's like so many different conversations to be had about it. Anyway, I'm going to just finish. I'm going to finish some more of this. The police failed at protecting school children, yes, but what we should not be under the illusion is that this is an example of the cops failing at their jobs. As far as we can tell from the reports, police at the scene acted as they usually do in accordance with standard policing practice. Rather than risk a hail of gunfire to stop the killer, they kept themselves safe. Um, as uh, Keely Lacey noted on Wednesday in The Intercept, the approach is not an outlier. The number of school resource officers has ballooned over the last two decades. So has the number of school shootings, and there is no evidence that the police have the ability to stop these shootings from happening. The, poli- the behavior of the police at Rob Elementary is only shocking if you're committed to the mythic notion that what police, that of what, if you are committed to a mythic notion of what policing entails, the thin blue line does not, as a reactionary narrative would have it, separate society from violent chaos. This has never been what police do since the birth of municipal policing and slave patrols and colonial council or colonial counterinsurgencies, the thin blue line instead separates those empowered by the state to uphold racial capitalism with violence and to do so with impunity. Um, That is true. And that is what I mean when I say these articles quickly get into just their opinion. And sometimes they can be slightly misleading because, and I will just quickly say this, the article that we just read before made it very clear that even though those officers followed a policy, it was not standard policy. Like, it's not what police are supposed to do in school shootings anymore. Like, they fucked up. They didn't even follow their own training. Um, But they made a different point about the school resource officers, and I skipped over this when we talked about them, but this is the thing to me. What's a nigga with a pistol gonna do against a nigga with an AR-15? What's a nigga with a pistol who don't know the nigga with the AR-15 is gonna do? Because he don't know he's coming. I'm I'm sitting here all day with my pistol over these school kids, you know, just brutalizing the kids in between cafeteria and fifth hour. You know what I'm saying? On some dry shit. I ain't really think you was going to come here with this chopper today. But if I'm coming to a school with a chopper, I know they're going to have an officer on hand. And I'm going to wait till I see him and I'm going to gun that nigga down. And then I'm going to go inside. You know what I'm saying? It's not really a solution. Even if he tries to start shooting at me, like I'll just gun that nigga down. I have an AR. I'm going to just. It's, it's like, have you ever played Call of Duty? Like, pull out your handgun while a nigga has the AR. You, you're dead. You're dead. Unless you're super good. You have to be super good at the game to not be dead. And you have to see him coming first. If he sees you first, you're, you're toast. So, you know, that's my thought policy on that there. Uh, thought policy. Thought. What's the word? Thought process. Thought process on that there. God damn, boy. <laughs> uh... Anyway, so I think we did a, a fair job covering that. The police just brutalized the parents outside, got their own kids. Lady had to go in and get her own kids. Then they got another kid killed on the way out. Like, just really fucking the whole shit up, right? Um, and that's why I say I think that the conversation has kind of sat there in that place for the most part. Because that's where the most information is coming. I feel like that's where the most frustration is coming from from 
all the people involved to just us on the outside looking in like, wow, this is really how it played out. I think that's kind of the most what we feel is like the most egregious thing of all of this. Um, then there is. Uh, we'll do that last. Then there is kind of like the political aspect of this and the conversation that comes centered around that. Um, cause you get shit like, um, you get the, so I say all the time, I'm not going to take this opportunity to say that like at the end of the day, like y'all niggas need to go vote. And then that's what I do. I think I'm going to come at it from a different perspective from this one. I want you to look at who it is that you have to watch go up there and represent you and console communities and create a plan for what's going to happen next. I want you to look at who that person is and then tell me that that's what you want for your representation. I want you to see Greg Abbott roll his ass up on that stage the day after some kids just got murdered in an elementary school and spend 30 minutes talking about how great a job the police did while he spent two minutes saying how sad it was that the kids got killed, calling it an event when it happened, trying not even to really address the magnitude of it because he knows that he's so in line with so many of the things that in some small way factored into this that he don't even have no business talking about this shit. For him to literally have the nerve to get up there and say, this is about mental health and we need to invest in mental health services, knowing full and well that he slashed millions of dollars from that arm of Texas's uh, Department of Health and Human Services. Like $21 million from their budget, if I'm not mistaken. But you saying that this is something that we need to invest in. The problem's not guns, the problem is mental health. But this motherfucker went on his 18th birthday and bought those guns and was already talking about how he was going to shoot some shit up with them before he even got them. Now, granted, would a background check have kept him from getting a gun? No. If you would have had something where he had to wait 30 days after applying for the gun to go get the gun, would he have just waited 30 days? Definitely. He had the wherewithal and the patience to go get a job just to save up the money for the gun. Like, he was going to... I believe that in a world where you can buy an AR-15, he would have found a way to buy one anyway. You know what I'm saying? Um, but there was an assault rifle ban for years. Like, that's that's gone. Like, they took that away. Republicans took that back. And some of y'all might be like, oh, I like guns and blah, blah, blah. I like guns, too. Guns are cool. But... Watching kids get slaughtered in elementary school is not cool. 18-year-olds definitely shouldn't be able to walk in and buy no fucking AR-15. They're not even... Like, what? Why can you go do that at 18 years old? That doesn't even make any fucking sense. So, I mean, like, if you're asking me, should we have assault rifles at all? Like, the answer is no. You shouldn't be able to buy assault rifles. Not in the store. And even people who are like, oh, well, criminals will still get guns that are the... Again, criminals cre criminals are 
a they um commit crimes of proximity and of need so they'll get the ar-15s and shoot at other criminals who have resources that they feel like they could take and it's not gonna be too many motherfuckers in the hood buying hot ar-15s off each other who using those guns to shoot up elementary schools that's not gonna happen and the motherfucker who shot at the elementary school would be hard pressed to walk into the hood and get a fucking ar-15 so for the just for this issue not selling them in the store does a pretty good piece of solving your problem. Even even a responsible gun owner, in my opinion, would not have sold that dummy a, a gun. There's no fucking way. Um, and now I'm remembering some shit. I told y'all that somebody else refused to buy him some guns. That's another story that I'm gonna have to tell y'all about. I was comp- I was mixing two stories, and I remember now because I I have it saved. But uh, anyway, so you get Abbott up there talking that dumb shit, and then when he finds out all this stuff, he's gonna go. He goes and does his mad voice. And he's like, well, "I was lied. They told me I sat on this very stage and told y'all that the police did a great job, and they lied to me." And da 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 da. Because you know he, I guess he just found out like some of y'all did that the police lie. Because he was like, "I thought that the police were a credible source." Like, oh, you must not have been looking. The police haven't been a credible source in America for years, decades, ever. Like, the fuck? Um, so that's the guy you get because niggas don't vote. Um, also, uh, that shit where Beto came up and started screaming at that nigga on stage and shit like that. I don't really understand how y'all like that and y'all didn't already like Beto O'Rourke. Because shit like that is actually why I don't like him. Like, I thought that shit was mad corny. And it's not that, I mean, it's cool, I guess, you know what I'm saying? And 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 I, I'll be honest with you. Uh I felt like if I was one of the parents of those kids watching Greg Abbott be up there in his wheelchair, and I always talk about the fact that he can't walk, and it reminds me of a Chris Rock joke where he's talking about, you know, if I seen you, you know what I'm saying, on the street and you didn't have no leg, I wouldn't think nothing of it. But if you ran into my car and you hopped out and you didn't have no leg, I'm gonna talk about the leg. You know what I'm saying? That's Greg Abbott. I don't like you. So everything is on, is on limits, pussy nigga. I don't even remember why that nigga is paralyzed. I looked it up one time, though, and it was some shit like he deserved it. Hold on. Let's look it up real quick. Let's take a, a moment from this. Why is Greg Abbott in a wheelchair? Yeah, I knew I had looked this up before. Yeah. A tree fell on that nigga. That's what happened. My nigga was running... Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does this have anything to do? Uh... Okay, my bad. Yeah, he was paralyzed from the waist down in July 1984 when he was 26 years old. He had recently graduated law school where he was jogging in a West Houston neighborhood when a large oak tree broke and fell onto his back. The tree crushed a number of his vertebrae, causing him to splinter in his spinal cord. He suffered damage to his vital organs and broken ribs. Doctors treated him, uh, fitted a pair of permanent steel rods near his spine. Yeah. I'm glad that happened to that man. I'm not going to lie. That's wild. 
it's like, why, guy? Why didn't you? Like, he was supposed to die. I ain't even gonna cap. An oak tree following you while you running? You're not supposed to survive that shit. And my nigga survived it to be an evil, worthless some bitch. But anyway, I was talking about Beto O'Rourke being corny. Um, yeah, the way he ran up on there, I was saying, like, if I'm one of the parents and I'm watching Hot Wheels go up there and pontificate about how the police did all these wonderful things, especially because the parents already knew what really happened. So I'm watching this like, that's all bullshit and I'm already infuriated. And then I'll watch this motherfucker come up there and try and make a scene out of it so that he can get some more buzz on his shit. It's going to frustrate me a little bit. I mean, I, I know, I will say this. I know that at minimum, Beethoven work has been pretending to super care about mass shootings and stuff like that for a really long time. If if he doesn't care about them, he's definitely been consistent about saying that he does. So by all intents and purposes, this is something he's very passionate about. The things he was yelling at, at Greg Abbott were all or were all valid statements. You know what I'm saying? That um, they're talking about looking at it now, but the time for action was after Sandy Hook. It was after the El Paso shooting. It was after all these other shootings. Like he's right. All of those things are right. But he also knows that going and yelling at Greg Abbott ain't gonna do shit. That, that Greg Abbott ain't gonna stand up out of that wheelchair and decide that he gonna stand on the side of right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what's going to happen there. So, to me, it was just kind of corny. And everything Beethoven work does to me is corny. I think he's a corny-ass nigga. And so, listen. A side note on corny-ass niggas, right? I voted for Beethoven work. When he ran for senator, I voted that year. I voted for that nigga. He's a corny-ass nigga, but I would never vote for a Republican, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck that he's a corny-ass Democrat. He's still not a Republican. I would never vote for a Republican. They are the evil empire at this point, y'all. And you don't, a lot of times, and the assault rifle ban kind of proves that kind of thing. Like a lot of times, especially as black people, we feel like we vote and then we don't get anything back in exchange for our vote. But it's like, sometimes you have to vote to keep the things you already have. You know what I'm saying? And not voting has cost us a ban on assault rifles that would have prevented him from being able to buy that gun in the first place. It cost us abortion because it cost us all those supreme court justice and all those things so like that shit is important and it matters and it, it and i think that we can't get caught up in the oh this is a corny ass cracker you know what i'm saying because that's how i feel about beethoven work the fact that he does all his speeches in Sp in english and then goes back and does them in spanish i think that's corny like i get it you're like oh no but there's so many spanish-speaking people da -da 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 -da. get a translator bro like everybody else does when they watching TV, they not watching the English. They watching it on Telemundo or they watching it with the with the Spanish speaking on it. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't need you to prove that you can speak your little gringo Spanish. And he speaks Spanish like a white man anyway. It's just funny to me. Like it's just kind of corny to me. And I'm sure there are some people who appreciate it. But to me, he's a corny ass nigga. Also, I don't know if he'll ever be able to win in Texas because he has said over and over again that not only does he want to ban us all rifles, he wants to take us all rifles. You're not going to take these Texans guns. They're not They're not going for that. But, again, I'll still vote for the nigga. I'm going to vote for him. Again, he's running for governor. I'm going to vote for him. You know what I'm saying? It isn't even a... There's nothing Beto work could really do in between now and then. I'd have to find out that he was fucking kids or something like that. I'm not really gonna do that and then I'm, so back to but back to abbott you get these guys abbott trump cruz all still speaking at the nra abbott ended up not going in person he just sent in a video conference they stand up in the nra talking about the issue is mental health that what we need is to only have one door 
one door in and one door out. So that what? So that that goddamn uh, school can look like Astrofest whenever something happened in that motherfucking motherfuckers is trying to all run outside the front door trampling on each other. There's a fire in that bitch and these motherfuckers is all crispily, crunchily, crackly coon. Because it's only one fucking door. Because you fucking stupid. Because you're fucking R-worded. That is dumb. Talking about, oh, they all need, we need more security at these schools. Listen. I'm not saying you don't need more security at these schools, but maybe what you need is security for the right things at these schools. These resource officers who are currently in the school are being basically used to police the students. Personally, if it's my school, the police don't even have any business inside. You you can't even come in. The, like literally, like the, the school resource officers, We'll have a little plaza, little air-conditioned plaza right in front of the school. You know what I'm saying? We'll have little places they could post up by the doors or some shit like that or whatever and be on site. They would not be allowed to interact with the students unless the student had a weapon. There's no reason why we, we do not need you here to interact with students unless the student has a weapon. Thank you. We will handle it. Because like school resource officers just brutalize, they just police, they just brutalize the students. And then when it's time to protect, they don't know how to do it. So like you saying, have more people. How about you just have them actually there queued up and ready to protect the kids? Because that's not even what that man came to work today to do. You see, like, so fuck them niggas and they disingenuous ass. Take the NRA's millions of political donations to keep acting like this shit isn't a problem. So they keep mass producing these guns because they don't give a fuck who got to die for them to make money. Fuck that. Fuck that and fuck them. And fuck anybody who vote for them niggas, bro. Like, real talk, fuck all y'all. Like, any of these motherfuckers who doing this, and fuck y'all. I don't give a fuck if it's your granny, your auntie, your uncle. And I got an uncle who be on that shit. Fuck that nigga, bro. Fuck that bullshit, bro. Fuck him and fuck that shit that he be talking about too, man. And, and, and not like, and still, don't get me wrong. You can advocate for policies that got these kids murdered and it's still fuck Ricky and then fuck his brother, but it's fuck you too because of the way you vote. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, of the other trash solutions, armed teachers, bro. No, they'll just shoot the students, fam. Like, I know that sounds like Oh, you being funny, whatever, whatever. I'm actually not being funny because it's not funny. That's exactly what they would do. Um, It wouldn't be, I'm, I would be shocked if there's not already a story that you could find somewhere of a student, of a teacher shooting a student. Literally, bro. Hold on. I'm about to, we about to find out today. Sorry for the wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bruh. This isn't funny, but listen. Armed adults frequently mishandle their guns in schools. Keeping kids safe means keeping guns off K through 12 campuses. Um. <laughs> Some bullet points. 
Our, uh, our comprehensive analysis finds there have been nearly 100 publicly reported incidents of mishandled guns at schools in the last five years, including a teacher's loaded gun falling from his waistband during a cartwheel, a student grabbing an officer's gun while the officer attempted to subdue the student, a teacher unintentionally firing a gun in class during a safety demonstration. Yeah. Um, let's not give teachers guns. Let's just not. Um... Yeah, the, a study published in, 2000, in March 2019 found no evidence of the presence of resource officers in schools less than the severity of school shooting incidents. There's no evidence that arming teachers would be any more effective. In fact, a robust body of public health research suggests strongly that armed teachers would not effectively deter violence. On the contrary, they would likely increase rather than decrease students' exposure to gun violence in schools. Like, that's common sense. I didn't, I didn't screen this article before I said that to you guys. That's, that's I'm smart. Y'all, I'm a smart guy. Sometimes I, I think of things on my own that are just deep. No. <laughs> but for real, like, duh, if you give teachers guns, like, the fuck? I don't know. So, those are all of the things that I wanted to cover about this, with the exception of one thing there's one more thing i wanted to talk about about this and i wanted to save it to the end um because it's the saddest part it's the part i didn't want to talk about which is the fact that all those kids didn't die all those kids didn't die uh a slew of those other kids have to live having watched their teacher be murdered by um their teachers and others and their friends and shit yeah, all of that. They had to they had to literally watch them die and be murdered and shit. And um I know I just said it's funny I got two fucking articles off uh oh no, this article is actually from Insider, but the video is from CNN. Uh I'm just saying because I just told y'all I, I try and go out of my way to not give y'all like super heavy like CNN content type shit. And this video is kinda long. I was only gonna play y'all um a short part of it. But it's basically this reporter talking about uh, kind of detailing this girl's account. And I was going to read y'all the article, but I'm actually just going to play you the video. And I'm just going to um, let you hear it. It's kind of it's it's kind of long, but to me, I'm probably going to play like maybe two and a half minutes of it. But to me, it's it's worth it. Um, it's, it was a. Uh, it's crazy. It just gives you a lot of insight as to what the kids were going through, one of the girls in particular. So, yeah, just hold on. Let's see. Um... Welcome to our viewers in the United States and all around the world. I'm John Berman in Uvalde, Texas. Brianna Keeler is in Washington this morning. And we do begin this hour with a CNN exclusive, a perspective to Nora Noose. Nora, you were in with Mia and her mother. I want to make clear her mother was there the whole time. What did she tell you? So 11-year-old Mia Sirio was in that fourth grade classroom that we've heard so much about with Miss Garcia and Miss Morales. She said they were watching Lilo and Stitch because it was the end of the school year. They'd finished their lessons. And she said one of her teachers got an email that there was a shooter in the building and went to the door and he was right there and they made eye contact. The shooter made eye contact with the teacher. With the teacher, and then he shot out the window in the door. 
Um, and then Mia says it just happened all so fast. He backed the teacher into the classroom. Um, and he made eye contact with the teacher again, looked her right in the eye and said, good night. And then shot her and killed her. He said good night before he, he shot her. Good night. And then it happened pretty fast after that as well. He started open firing in the classroom. He hit the other teacher, a lot of Mia's friends. Um, at that point, Mia was hit by uh, fragments of the, of the bullets. You could even see them yesterday. I mean, on her back, on her shoulders, the back of her head. The shooter then, she says, went into the adjoining classroom. Yeah, so he went through this, this door to the adjoining classroom. And at that point, Mia could hear screams. Um, she heard a lot more gunfire. Um, and then she said she heard music. Um, she thinks it was a gunman that, that put it on. Um, he started blasting sad music. And I asked her, like, what was that? Like, what kind of music? What, what do you mean by that? And she said, she just said, it, it sounded like I want people to die music. Oh, she said she heard music. She said it sounded like I want people to die music. What did Mia do then? So she had a friend next to her um, that she was pretty sure was already dead and was laying on the ground bleeding out. Um, and she put her hands in her friend's blood um, and then smeared it, she said, all over her body. Um, she wanted to seem like, she wanted to look like she was dead. She was scared that the gun was going to come back through that adjoining door back into the classroom. Um, and she wanted to be able to play dead. She also told you that she called 911. Yeah, so after she smeared the, the blood all over her body, she and a friend went and were able to take the phone off of one of the teachers who had already been killed. And they called 911 and they were actually able to make contact with the dispatcher. And they talked to a dispatcher for a little while and, and told them what was going on inside. And Mia kept saying, telling me that she kept saying, uh, we're in trouble, we're in trouble. Like, please come, please come, we're in trouble. One of the interesting things you told me is that Mia said to you that she felt like it all lasted for three hours. Yeah, she was like, oh yeah, I was in there for three hours. And her mom said, well, sweetheart, I think it was closer to one hour, but I'm sure it felt that way. And what did Mia think the police were doing during this time? She said she thought the police just hadn't gotten there yet, that somehow they just weren't there yet. And she said, you know, she'd been pretty stoic up until this point in the interview. Um, and this was actually when she started getting emotional and started crying. She said, I heard the grown-ups later say the police were outside and that they weren't coming in. And she got emotional talking to me about this and said, you know, I, why weren't, why didn't they come in? Why didn't they save us? Why, why the police were outside? Like, what, just, she just like couldn't, it was clear in her 11 old brain, I mean, in my brain, why they wouldn't come in and help and, and save her. So again, you, you spent some time with her and her mother. She's obviously just been through the worst thing, hopefully, that she'll ever go through in her entire life. You know, how did she seem to you? How did she look to you? Honestly, not great. Um, she seems completely traumatized. Um, physically, she's mostly okay. She has these bullet fragments all over the back of her shoulders and her back and, and the back of her head. Um, she said overnight, a lot of her hair fell out um, in just kind of big clumps from where the bullet fragments had hit. So she's bummed about that. Um, but just, just, I mean, completely traumatized. Um, and her parents are trying to uh, get her some kind of therapy help. Um, they'll probably have to drive her to San Antonio for that. And so they're uh, actually starting a GoFundMe page to pay specifically for, for that, that therapy cost. Um,
That's um. That is one account from one of the girls who survived that. And all those kids are going to have a similar account to that. They're all going to have their own version of that story. And they're going to have to live with that in a community that clearly does not have the resources to give those kids when it comes to like the mental health service, <clears throat> the mental health services that they're going to need and other things like that. It's just not set up for that families who already weren't in the situation financially to be able to even afford to get those kids to therapy. You're talking about kids who need to go somewhere. Got to go to San Antonio to the next closest city to get the therapy. Um, it's just a lot to ask. A lot to expect. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So. I just don't know. Uh, I chose that one. There's a lot of interviews where you can have. It's the actual kids telling the stories. And I can't fuck with that. I can't listen to that. I can't listen to kids telling me about how they watch their friends get murdered. And like, you know, there's soldiers with survivor's guilt. You know, like, why did I like motherfuckers who have to watch their best friends die? It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. The impact on that community, on those kids will probably last forever. And there's more that could be said about this, I'm certain. Um, I don't want to make it seem like there's just nothing, nothing further to be said about it. Um, But... I, what I can say is that there's nothing more for me to say about it. So, um, with that being said, Joe, that's all we got for this episode. Um, I love y'all. Protect yourself. Embrace your families type shit. Um, just overall, man, do whatever you could do to kind of, you know, keep your head up. You got to compartmentalize this stuff a lot of times. It's, you can't be walking around, walking in grocery stores scared. You can't be scared to send your kids to school. You can't be. It's an unfortunate requirement of being American is the ability to compartmentalize the trauma that this nation might put on you because it is, it'll harm you in the long run if you can't find ways to block that shit out so that you can move on throughout your day-to-day. But while you compartmentalizing, don't forget about the shit. Don't, don't, don't let yourself be in a position where you think that this shit don't happen or that's not a big deal because it's been a long time because these are kids just like them kids in Parkland was kids. Like, these, if it gets just like them kids in Sandy Hook was kids, it's, it's gonna be easy easier than you think to forget how this felt in the moment because you can't live with that feeling all day long but you can't forget the feeling you just have to push it to the side and i know that's damn near an impossible ask but that's basically where we at right now y'all um i wish i had better news for y'all in truth i don't but like i said i love y'all y'all stay up 
We'll be back with new episodes soon. I guess that's the best news I got for y'all. Peace. Yeah, double up the respect. Came through the wire, fresh out the fire, my mind check. Leaning and rocking, feel it yourself, it's high tech. Moving pieces all on the board, my nigga trying to see. Billion. Mm. My gift to gab on us. Escape trials and tribulations, fighting your honor. Shark in the water, grabbing for paper like I'm Nirvana. Code of honor that I follow, my nigga, is worth. Billion. Huh. Homie, fuck your greasy granny them. He been slapping shit so long, they gotta come and Grammy him. He so fly, he walk on stars, solar systems carry him. Bank account status when they marry him. Billion. Uh, make sure you say it two times. Dre, Dre, nigga. Make sure you say it two times. <laughs> Trying to see the salad with the croutons. Laying the foes down like futons for the... Billion. Yeah, man, you not tuning in there. Fuck this shit podcast. And billions 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 and